What will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. I've heard of that. I've heard of that too. It, as I've said before, it's, it's one of my top 10 <laughs> favorite podcasts. I don't know exactly where it ranks in that order, but... Uh, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere, and I do list semi-regu- listen semi-regularly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, me too. So you got to listen to it to write the, sh- the show notes of it. <laughs> so, so that's right. And as I said, I will listen to it just to just see what stupid thing has I, have I said. You know, I'm amazed that it doesn't sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that thought. It's like, true. Oh, this one, this one's going to be borderline. Oh, that's not as bad as I remembered it being. I know. I know. I think we are pretty harsh critics of ourselves um, when we record them. Yes. And then when I listen to them, I think maybe I'm way too forgiving of myself. <laughs> well, maybe that's it, too. You yeah. know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hey, uh, I only listen to most podcast episodes once, you know? And if that's you're true. doing something else like walking the dog or mowing the grass or driving the car, maybe those little moments are <laughs> you know, just kind of, you know, uh, smoothed over. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing I do know about podcasting. What is that? It's a thirsty business. <laughs> it is a thirsty business. <laughs> that is true. And uh, from what I hear, mm-hmm. there's probably some beverage to help me with that thirsty business. Yes, yes, there is. Our colleague, um, by the way, I'm going to tell you this. Our colleague here in the state of Florida, uh, the executive director of um, Florida Virtual Campus Distance Learning Student Services uh, area, John Opper, said uh, recently that he thought we ought to uh, have an album uh, where we had different (laughs) thematic uh, song selections related to (laughs) digital learning and the LMS. I said, well, we've talked about the Dulcet Gurgles Christmas album and didn't quite make it in 2019, but maybe 2020. (laughs) So our own album, like he's talking about like our selections or that we would perform. Well, I don't know, but he he came up. Heaven help our audience. He came up with a couple of uh, titles, which I can't rightly remember right now (laughs) that were that mashups of like maybe famous things and LMSs and and, and various <laughs> digital learning kind of things. Okay. <laughs> so there may be something to this uh, <laughs> in the TopCast store, at least some album art we ought to come up with at some we point. We will see. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks, John, for the suggestion. <laughs> yes, that's right. I was, I was like, well, that makes me think he might listen from time to time. Yeah. That's at he, least maybe four or five people he's, maybe. He's mentioned it to me before. Yeah, that's, that's good. All right. The pause that refreshes. So, what's in the thermos? Kelvin, what am I drinking? Well, this, Tom, is the House Blend from Atomic Coffee Roasters in the Boston, Massachusetts area. Atomic Coffee started in 1996, and they like to remind us that Atomic refers to, quote, a source of vast potential energy with the power to start a chain reaction, unquote, and they pride themselves on being, quote, a catalyst, a spark that attracts and connects people. So this house blend is a blend of coffees from Nicaragua and Honduras, and the roasters say it is balanced, milk chocolate, 
nutty notes with a dry finish. I get all of that, actually. Do you? Oh, that's yeah. good. Go well, I've also got hazelnut creamer in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just add flavor, and you too can get the notes. <laughs> that's right. I'm getting milk chocolate and nutty notes, and it is balanced. And That's good. I like it. It's atomically good. Atomically good. I like the name of the, the roaster. And, you know, they're, they're I don't know if that, what that makes them. There's a whole thing. There's second wave, first wave, second wave, third wave coffee roasters. That might make them second wave. 96 is a long time. So so you like the coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm gripping the table for the how, <laughs> how you like the connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm not exactly sure I get the connection. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the... Uh, uh, Vast potential energy with the uh-huh. power to start a chain reaction. Sure, yeah, that's so that's good. That's good. Maybe, yeah, uh, yeah, something yeah. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I was kind of thinking uh, along those lines as well. That I mean, since 1996, that kind of resonated with me because that's kind of our operations here at at UCF started mm-hmm. in '96, and and then um, the catalytic power of putting stuff online. Yeah, you know, I think there's something there, and, and it affects the way we think about teaching and learning, and and so I thought, well, that, that's maybe a um, a barely tenuous connection that would lead us into today's <laughs> we, we don't topic. need much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for something here because we said that we were going to be discussing the continuity of operations planning and the role that online education can play. So I thought, well, there's some catalytic power in there somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, at the time we're recording this, um, the world is dealing mm-hmm. with the uh, – the outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus. Yeah, and, um, scary stuff. It, by the time this, this comes out to uh, when it's first released, uh, mm-hmm. that will not have been resolved. No. Um, so it, it, and it's not the first time we've had some sort of a pandemic that has... What's the, what was it, the H1V, what was that a few years back? The, yeah, there was uh, bird flu yeah, and yeah, there yeah. was uh, SARS. Yes. Um, so we've we, seen these kind of health things come up for sure. Yeah, we have. Um, and... Um, uh, the, I have a note here. The, the University of Hong Kong mm. in 2003 had shifted to um, distance learning solutions mm. to keep the university community active due to SARS, which was affecting wow. them at, at SARS the time. was that far back? Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I'm old. So uh, the, and that's early. That was pretty neat that they – Yeah, it was. 2003. It was, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, they did what they had to do. Um, I don't know a lot about that mm-hmm, other than that mm-hmm, reference, mm-hmm. but um, – so it's it's that um, that current event that has has been the catalyst for us to yeah. kind of have this conversation again with the catalyst. <laughs> That's right, um, but um, th- it, it could be precipitated by any number of things. And, That's right. and here in the state of Florida, annually we deal with hurricanes. Yep. And Boy, inevitably, um, every year we lose mm-hmm. multiple days, and and usually we fare better than our friends on the coasts yeah. whenever a hurricane is is um, striking. So um, hurricanes, other weather events, Mm -hmm. and how can online learning be used uh, to mitigate any sort of downtime that might be associated with that? I remember when I was at another university on Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. there was a tornado that went right down the center of campus and uh, destroyed our administration building. Um, It it was uninhabitable after that and uh, eventually had to get raised and rebuilt. And there's a whole brand new building 
beautiful one there. Was Little. that like 97, 98, something like that? Was that or is that was that <clears> afterwards? <throat> it was after that. Okay. Yeah. I remember was, an early uh, late year, early year. It was early two thousands. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, fortunately, it was on Christmas Day. Oh, there was yeah. nobody on campus. Yeah. Um, so there was it was just physical damage. And yeah. People were damaged. Wow. Um, and then occasionally here, <laughs> I have um, I have discovered that our department is on other departments' uh, continuity of operations plans. It's good to be thought of. Yeah. So you know, if the <laughs> it's health like being and, written into a grant. That's <laughs> right. Like surprise. <laughs> here's here's what you're going to do. Um, you know, the, an example being something like if uh, hey the the. The Health and Public Affairs Building, should that burn down, <laughs> which almost happened one time when mm-hmm. there was a candle lit in an office. True um, story. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. So should that happen, well, we'll just go online. We'll just put everything online that right. was taught there. It's like, well, it would be good if we knew about that. <laughs> so yes. we could be a part of your plan. So online learning has sort of long been you know, a, a solution, a right. mitigation strategy, whether it's some sort of pandemic threat yeah. or it's a natural disaster. And um, it's much better to be proactive and plan for it yeah. than to kind of scramble and react to it after the fact. And that's that's kind of what you yeah. Know, yeah, we yeah. wanted to talk uh, about. That's today. right. And so I think we're going to be in search of some generalizable principles, right, that uh, have some more timeless application. But even, even though we're dealing with... Um, you know, one of these health things right now. And we could be talking about the institution shuts down. We've given that example. Or in the case of the health thing, sometimes it's more of everybody's spooked. I remember that was the deal with the bird flu. It's like you might have faculty or students out of commission. What can you do to keep people engaged without them interacting with yeah, each other and which is the actually air. the case in Wuhan, China right yeah. now. And we have a, a colleague here who's from Wuhan, and she told me that um, her relatives, she's got cousins and folks who are still living there, they're, they're all quarantined. They, um, they, can't, they can't leave their home, so they can't oh, wow. go to school. Um, and so how would you continue and not lose, say, the semester or whatever if, if you're in a situation? like Now, obviously, that's a very extreme situation, yeah. but there are people in the world right now dealing with that. Yeah. So generalizable principles, not just one-off, but but concretely grounded, right? We'll try to talk through some of some of those things. Well, you kind of you kind of laid one out there already, I think, which is don't you know do or have it done to you. You're yeah. you're advocating for take some initiative, do some thinking, do some uh, communicating with others, especially if you find out that you're on their plane. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But also think about the institution yep. and. Um, Honestly, there are a few places in the country that doesn't have something, right? right? So North Dakota may not get hurricanes, but you sure do get blizzards, yeah. right? And you right. could be snowed in for a couple of weeks even, depending mm-hmm. upon you know some crazy event that might happen. That's right. So any number of things could come up, and, and you might ask yourself, is this, is this a plan that will get us through the last month of the semester? Mm-hmm. Or is this a plan that will sustain us for some you know, interim period until we can kind of get back on our feet. Yeah. Um, and, and I think both have their place. And and some of it might involve uh, an inventory of what you currently have access to. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a lecture capture system? Right, or do you have right. some sort of, um, you know, a collaboration system, whether it's like a Zoom or Adobe mm-hmm, Connect mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, you know, Blackboard Collaborate, something um, that could quickly be used um to deploy at scale right, right. and have faculty even just lecture online mm-hmm. if you had to do that quickly. And if that was going to be one of your solutions, um, 
you ought to plan for that now and have right. some training in the can and some that's right. some stuff that that you could press a button and launch on a website. Because otherwise, you're you're talking about going from a cold start. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And at that point, you might you might not have access to resources, right? Like because mm-hmm. you might not be allowed on campus or you're you can't get to campus uh, for whatever the case might be. Right. Like I can think in in our case, and I, I know this is the case with a number of institutions, but not all. We happen to have uh, LMS accounts set up for all course sections mm-hmm. every term. It's helpful in terms of our Title IV financial aid funding um, uh, con- confirmation of academic uh, engagement. But we have those. And of course, not everybody uses them substantively, but they exist, which is a whole lot easier to use as the basis for something else, like uh, more ongoing, than if you had to say, all right, well, we only had 100 sections uh, with LMS access. Now we need to, to double that or triple that or quadruple that. Yep. How do we do that? And how do we inform the faculty? How do we inform the students? And even though you're going to try to keep it afloat, it takes you weeks just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't want that. That's not helpful. And, and maybe this would, be, um, this would be a good spot to kind of talk about uh, a couple of best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sloan Consortium has, has published a special report or published it several years ago about something they called the Sloan Semester. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about what that is in a moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as sort of a postscript to that special report, they do offer some advice, mm-hmm. which is, I think, consistent with what you and I are just are just talking yep, about. Yep. So the first is develop an academic emergency plan as you develop your facility plan. Right. So what is your academic resiliency plan? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, this, is, this is something that the state of Florida is dealing with. I participated in a mm-hmm. summit this year that the state university system convened at the University of Florida to talk about this across mm-hmm. the system. Brought in somebody who was a faculty member at the um, university, university of North Carolina, Wilmington, who mm-hmm. had dealt with uh, hurricanes and had done some amazing um, simulations and hmm. um, planning associated with you know, future hurricanes that might strike their campus. So have a plan. Um, and it's not just about um, what do you do with the students, right? Like if it's a natural disaster or something, mm-hmm. it's also about how do you teach them? What do you do with the faculty? Yep. Yep. Um, establish and have ready online repositories of courses. Or, and I might add to that, um, mm-hmm. um, other institutional instructional assets like mm-hmm. a lecture mm-hmm. capture system or some, sure. sort, of a, some yeah. sort of a you know quick way to do lectures online. Mm-hmm. Number three, develop a plan for reestablishing institutional websites fast. Right. So how do you get the word out? How do you facilitate communications? How do you let people know what the plan is if they've not been part of planning? Like a, like a real simple concrete example of that we've had in place here for years uh, is there is a kind of a virtual switch that if something emergency comes up, a, a, an alternate version of the university website's homepage goes up with right. real prominent emergency right. messaging. And, and that's all very tightly coordinated among a number of offices. And yep. Including us with the LMS, we kind of <clears throat> and I would say um, make sure it's mobilized. It's, right, because it, that's where most people are going to be in a natural disaster. That's or something right. Is on some that's sort right. of a mobile device. That's right. Uh, number four, develop a set of guiding policies and um, obtain policy commitments. You may mm-hmm. need to change policies. That's true. So you, there was a time when I would get the question, well. When the hur- when the university shuts down because of a hurricane, do we stop our online courses because mm-hmm. they can keep running and mm-hmm. we've got students who aren't in Orlando and mm-hmm. um, 
we actually had to have a discussion about mm-hmm. that. Now, obviously, it was a while ago, yeah, and we've yeah, had yeah. we've had good policy and practice um, for a while. But the answer here is yes, the university is shut mm-hmm. down, um, and that includes our online students. So if you're in Alaska you get a break, right? Because um, your faculty are home boarding up their houses. Yeah, and right. It's about life and safety first, right? But that and doesn't mean that you shut off access. No, because our LMS is hosted in the cloud in another state, right? right. So the courses are presumably are going to kind of keep running and be available. But um, we need to make sure that it's communicated to the academic community, students and faculty, yes. that um, the university's closed. Because there are some maybe counterintuitive uh, aspects of that. Well, it doesn't really matter, but you've got to think it through, be right, deliberate, right. be clear up front. And every course is designed a different way, and some yep. are going to have adaptive release where it's going to be on a weekly basis, That's and right. some you can just run and... That's you, right. You, you, you have to manage policy in the mm-hmm. aggregate, not that's, that's right. specific. No, that's right. Uh, number five, uh, design an academic buddy system um, in which your institution can partner with another institution mm-hmm. and you know, kind of formulate some sort of a plan that if, if our university goes down, we're going to come to you for HR support or yep. for you know, you know, uh, IT support, or, or maybe you can help us with your instance of your LMS or something like that. We've seen versions of that with... Um, New Orleans area with Puerto Rico with yep. several uh, cases I can think of. Yep. And then their last one is don't hide it. Once an institution <laughs> has <laughs> developed a disaster recovery recovery business continuity plan, you need to don't make it anybody. known, right? Make sure people know about it. Um, <laughs> That's I, funny. I, even though these were written several years ago, um, I think they still hold up. Um, I think that uh, it's it's really good advice. So we'll put that report, a link to that report, if we can, in the in the show notes or or at least those um, those recommendations. That'll be that'll be a good yeah. a good source. And so, should I say a word or two about the Sloan semester? Yeah, why don't you? So the the Sloan semester. Is, so the Sloan Consortium. Maybe I'll start there. Is the is the predecessor organization mm-hmm. to the Online Learning Consortium, mm-hmm. and it was started with some uh, grant monies from the Sloan Foundation and um, the Sloan Consortium. At the time of Hurricane Katrina, stepped in with some grant funding and created this thing called the Sloan Semester for institutions that were um, impacted by Hurricane Katrina, mostly in southeastern Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, schools like Tulane and yeah. Xavier and mm-hmm. you know, Loyola, but mm-hmm. they more than just them, everybody yeah, yeah. in that yeah. area. And their students scattered, right? Mm-hmm. They went because New Orleans was flooded. Yeah. And so they had to go other places, and they, the semester had just sort of started. If I remember, that was like in September, maybe – August. It was yeah. early in the semester yeah, 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 when yeah. Katrina hit. I, yeah, that seems right. And um, and their their classes had begun, and um, they had paid and everything, mm-hmm. and so you know people had to get out. So what the Sloan uh, Consortium did is that um, they set up a, a, a policy and a, an infrastructure so that the students could complete the courses that they had already paid for mm-hmm. at the institutions where they were registered and do it online through partner schools. Okay. And the idea would be at no tuition cost to them. It was covered by grant funding. And the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation subsidized the costs. Uh, they provided grants uh, in the form of, uh, it was $2,500 for 11 or more enrolled students per section, $1,500 for six to 10, 1,000 for three to five, and $500 for one or two enrollments per section. And, and Sloan Consortium, Sloan C, managed that process. So it ran from October 10th, 2005, 
and it ended on January 6, 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the at the end of it, um, Sloan Semester offered 1,345 no-cost, fully online, mm-hmm. accredited, accelerated courses hmm. from 153 different Sloan C institutions. It's noble work. It really is. Um, it enrolled more than 1,700 hurricane-affected students and filled more than 3,000 seats in both undergrad and grad-level courses. And it's an example where online learning kind of came to the rescue yeah, yeah, yeah. real early. Yeah. Now, it did involve um, some grant funding in, yeah. an or- in an organization that was willing to stand it up. And mm-hmm. this this little special report that they put together, I encourage you to read it because it's really fascinating. It goes into a lot of the details and the challenges and how they overcame some of those challenges. Again, and we'll, put, we'll put that in the, in the show notes. Um, but I think as an example of how online learning can be deployed mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. to – Here's how we're going to finish the semester yeah. um, and, and, you know, leverage the power of the network. Um, I think it's a, it's a terrific example. No, that's right. And then the buddy system would be kind of a, a way to proactively build on that within uh, an institution's own sphere of right. influence. And if you're part of a system, mm-hmm. which most schools are, mm-hmm. maybe if you're some sort of a private independent, mm-hmm. it's tougher. But you, you could be a part of some other larger yeah. organization. That Consortium. You're part of. Or yeah, something. exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some independent college mm-hmm. organization mm-hmm. or something. Um, there is a network of sorts mm-hmm. that you ought to have a conversation about to kind of build in this kind of resiliency. No, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really good thing, uh, especially if you're really badly affected. Your institution is shut down right, for, right. Uh, you know, out of business for a, uh, a bit. There are, of course, other things, like you've said, like uh, using your video lecture capture platform or the LMS or something uh, that is less drastic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had another example you wanted to talk about, I think, too, right? Well, I, I, what I really wanted to, I guess, say within the context of uh, just rapidly putting stuff online, mm-hmm. uh, which totally makes sense to me. Like you, you said a couple times, lecture. How can we quickly deploy lecture online? And again, that's in the context of how do we finish the semester? Of course, you know? that's right. Which I think is a great thing, right? You want to think, how can I be as non-disruptive, assure continuity as rapidly and, and smoothly as possible? And it's an opportunity, back to that catalyzing effect that we talked about, because Maybe that would uh, bring into the fore some of the first thinking that some departments or colleges or faculty even do with online, right? Because right. the folks who are already doing it, are <laughs> they can do it. Right, right. right. It's the, it's the folks who haven't They're probably beyond that level of practice. That's too. right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I worry a little bit. This is just the, the dark underbelly underside here. I worry just a little tiny bit. There's like an upside and downside. The upside is, yay, we can help people, and maybe they'll be more inclined to do some online stuff. The... The, the downside is if it's just sort of this replicating the face-to-face, no interaction, uh, sage on the stage kind of thing, that worries me a little bit, right? We, we underscore non-intentional design. Again, we've said this before, not that you can't do a, an intentionally well-designed lecture. Right. But sometimes, but not in an emergency. No, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That's yeah. right. So I, yeah, so I think I think you're right. That's a good point. Um, and and this is really kind of any port in a storm. Let's let's deal with an emergency situation, triage it. Um, this is not about what's the optimal design that we would prefer. That's right. And if we can, like we had this conversation recently, I think, right? If you're even even what platform do you use or or what tool set do you use? Because we were talking about like um, a video lecture capture platform uh, readily deployed versus 
uh, a web conferencing tool built into our LMS that has natively a bit more interaction functionality. A, yeah, yeah. And so the very fact that the tools are there to foster interaction might lead uh, t- to a more interactive experience than just one-way broadcast, yep. let's say. Yep. Just a thing. But to, to underscore that, um, Tanya Justin and her colleague, uh, Rachel Casadas, I think is how you say her last name, had this great little study connecting uh, quality efforts and student success. It's in the online learning journal. Um, I'll give you a quick URL to it. We'll stick it in the show notes. But she has this, they have this quote here that I love. It says, quote, a strong effort should be made to design online courses rather than move face-to-face materials of a course into the online environment. Design is the most influential measure of instructional characteristics that potentially increases student outcomes. I mean, our listeners probably would say, well, duh. Duh, yeah. But that (laughs) that is a conclusion toward the end of their research report that I just found, like, that is so helpful to say. Uh, so check out the show notes for a, a link to that study. Uh, to me, it just underscores this. Yes. Any port in a storm, but w- if we can do a little better. Which is which is why you should have some intentional pre-planning, yes, right? Have some training. Um, maybe have some faculty champions that can kind of say, look, if, if we're going to do this, let's do it as well as we possibly can. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is correct. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Anything else we want to say about um, – about this topic? I'm sure there's a lot that could be said. I mean, I guess maybe just to be explicit about something you said earlier, which is some, quote, surprises, unquote, are predictable. Right. <laughs> if you live in Tornado Alley or a hurricane zone or yep. whether you have snow days, then this is coming. Right. At so, some point, something's going to happen. That's right. Yeah. And then there are other things that are maybe more unfortunate, and so you can plan for those too. Planning for it up front is a lot less. It's like when I give myself plenty of drive time to get anywhere in town. I'm a lot less stressed than the people who are doing crazy stuff around me in, in traffic. Don't submit your online assignment at 11.59 on Sunday night. And then complain about the fact that the internet went that's out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you plan ahead, every you know, you're a lot calmer. That's right. That's, yeah. That's a word to the wise. All right. So maybe I can kind of see if I can put a bow on it here. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Online education professionals like us can play a role in helping uh, our institutions maintain or resume operations when we are faced with various crises. Mm -hmm. Along the way, there might even be some spinoff benefit to our online initiatives. Like we can learn a thing or two along the way. Yeah, maybe folks will say that online stuff wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right, or, you know, like it's forcing us uh, to to think about, you know, good prepackaged training. So mm-hmm. that um, so that we could deploy something quickly, right. but that training could be used potentially for in, other stuff. In other stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Cool. Well said. All right. Um, if you have ideas or have had experience in this in this um, area of academic resiliency and mm-hmm. and you know having online courses help to mitigate problems, drop us a line. Mm-hmm. Topcast at ucf.edu or check out the show notes where we have these. Uh, the Resiliency Project from the uh, State University System of Florida and the Sloan Semester Report uh, that that Tom talked about at topcast.online.ucf.edu. Cool. So uh, thank you for the coffee. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Atomic. Coffee roasters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's try, try and get I hope right. you don't glow in the dark from now on, Tom. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, I've just finished it. Um, so for our, uh, uh, until next time, <laughs> what's our line? Until yeah. next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya.